Welcome to the Kingdom Podcast, where all voices are heard. Today, my guest is Ms. Leslie Angled Dorleans. Welcome to the Kingdom Podcast. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. Such an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Stop it. You know you're my friend. <laughs> Miss <laughs> Anglad Dorleans is Well, if the, we're friends. We are. I mean, but I still yeah. have to introduce you. I know. Miss Anglad Dorleans is the Director of Child Protection with the Department of Children and Families. And you've been with the Department of Children and Families for more than 20 years, correct? Yes, I've been with the um, Department of Children and Families 21 years. Um, here in Florida, 21 years. One year in Georgia, I worked for DFACS. So all in the area of child welfare and child protection. That's fantastic. And when did we meet? We met in law school, <laughs> um, 2003. Yes. Or yes, 2003. Yes, I believe yes. it was 2003. 2003. And you were working for the department at the time. Yes, because we were both um, part-time night students, evening um, students, and I was working as a child protective investigator during the day and going to law school at night. Yep. And during our whole tenure while we were in school, I got a big education on child protection services and what to do about keeping children safe, how we, how we can do our part in keeping children safe. And it's the summer now, and children aren't in school. Can you give us some tips on how we can help keep our children safe now that they're not in school? Um, definitely. There's always things that you can do. Anybody, neighbors, you know, family members, they can do things. You know, the best thing for children to be in is in a school atmosphere, daycares, you know, camps, things of that nature. But really making sure that children are safe in their environment, whatever that is, making sure they're heard, making sure that they have someone that they can talk to, especially if they're not in a school setting. Um, they should be able to go to someone to have a conversation or just to see how things are going. Uh, I know that um, the county has funding and they have different programs where they're feeding um, children breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, throughout the summers because children are not in that um, educational setting. Um, especially in the summer, it um, even heightens the risk for children. Um, for abuse and neglect. Um, one thing is um, child safety when it comes to safe swimming and, you know, pool safety. You know, that is our number one um, risk factor when we have children that are drowning. Um, and so we have um, really made progress in trying to purchase, you know, life vests for children, handing them out at different fairs and different um, events so that way they're safe swim. And I know there are a lot of different programs around the county and around the city that provides free swimming lessons for children. But in the summer, that um, swimming and drowning, of course, heightens the risk for them. How could I learn more about, for example, the, the life vest? The so, life vest, because in District 5, Mm -hmm. All of our pools are open for the summer. I'm very proud to say that mm -hmm. every single pool in District 5 is open because we are experiencing otherworldly <laughs> heat now, yes, correct? Definitely. And that is a way to keep our children safe and cool, of course. cool them down in the of summer. Course. We are having swim lessons. We have lifeguards at every one mm -hmm. of our, our city pools. Mm -hmm. And if we could get 
life jackets for mm -hmm. our kids. That would be fantastic. How could we Def go about doing that? Definitely. I mean, we just were able to get funding. You know, the department has funding for, you know, child protection and, you know, prevention for um, safe swimming and stuff. So we do have some at the department. We can definitely coordinate at one of your um, facilities, the pools, to maybe have a date because you want to be able to separate children who do know how to swim and those that don't know how to swim and you know all of the safety measures that you have to take in place you know because children when they're in the pool they're excited you know they're laughing you know they're yelling and sometimes those different things may not be able you may not be able to tell okay is this a situation that I need to get involved in or is this just a child having fun but definitely we do have some at the department I don't know if we have enough for everyone but we have enough um, for different age levels as well so we can definitely coordinate on that. I would love that and I understand there are three zip codes in Miami-Dade County that account for the highest rate of removal and one of those zip codes falls within District 5. Do you have extra advice, uh, additional advice for what we can do to help reduce that number? And so we what I can say, it's all about prevention. You know, by the time um, someone is reported or someone comes to the attention of the department, they're already in crisis. You know, at that point, now we're just trying to see what we can do to stabilize the crisis. But really, the way the emphasis needs to go on prevention. So it starts with little things. It could be someone that is not attending school regularly, or if it's a child that's not attending doctor's appointments regularly. It could be, you know, um, the family has had a traumatic event, you know, financial reasons, housing. It's so many different things, but the best key, that what I can say, is prevention. And the department has, um, with our community-based care, has implemented so many different opportunities so we can prevent families being reported to the department, meaning we're reducing crisis. So really, if, you, if, if a child has a certain issue, you know, how can we help that family, how, what, we, what can we do before it gets to the level of a removal? Because that is the most intrusive method of safety that we have. And it is the most traumatizing event that a child and a family can go through. We are also um, teaching our investigators and going out and doing informational fairs for um, mandated, professionally mandated reporters. So we're talking to law enforcement, we're talking to medical professionals, we're talking to hospitals to see what we can do as a community to keep children safe in their environment as opposed to taking them out of their environment when a removal is necessary. But prevention is key and we've seen the numbers. We've seen the numbers because going into the foster care system, you know, being removed from your natural environment is a traumatic event in itself. And now you have a child that comes into the department's care. The child is away from their family. And yes, it was probably, it, it is circumstances of abuse or neglect, but that was their normal environment. Right. You understand? So that you was take their home. It, that was their home. However, what, whatever way you look at it, that was their home. And so now you're moving them to a new home. So that's another level of trauma. So really, it, prevention is key. You know, making sure that, you know, families have the tools and resources needed to, to protect their children, to 
nurture, nurture their children appropriately, it's all about prevention. And we've seen, we've really taken a deep dive into those top three zip codes to see what are the factors that are contributing to those high removal rates. You know, is it, you know, poverty? Is it, you know, that though these are um, children attending schools that are not maybe appropriately funded. You know, we're looking at all different circumstances to see what we can do to intervene, but the best thing is to educate the community. It, it sounds like what I'm hearing also is that we should know our neighbors. Definitely. We should know our neighbors. We should, we should take the time to get to know our neighbors because then we can identify if something is amiss and say, hey, you okay? Yeah. Do you need some help? Yeah. And I'm a big proponent of community policing. Of course. Where our officers, particularly in the city of Miami and D5, our officers are big on community policing, mm -hmm. getting to know the residents versus arresting okay. people. Yes. yes. This is a holistic approach mm -hmm. to service and action from my team. This yeah. is what we're trying to do my district office team, we're getting to know the community, the residents, so I hope that they feel like if there's a problem, they can reach out to me because that's the message that we're giving. But we're trying to get our community back together. Mm -hmm. Know your neighbor, implement uh, crime watch, mm -hmm. you know. Definitely, and really it's all, while you're doing that, also getting to know those grass grassroots community agencies that provide services you know rather they would go to like you know a, a, a company or an agency that provides you know parenting you understand and with people who have lived experiences I know a lot of agencies that some families that have gone through the child welfare system are now hiring you know those with lived experience to provide an insight to those that are maybe going through similar trauma also um, while you're doing that with um, you know community policing it's really about making sure that everyone is aware. And you know, our, our families come, you know, come from many different backgrounds, but really we live and pride ourselves on, it takes a village to raise a child. You understand? That is it true. takes a village to raise a child. It is not a mother and father's only thing. It is the grandparents, the aunts, every extended family, good friends, you know, but giving, giving the, giving families resources, right? You understand at least because it takes a lot. If someone is going through a traumatic experience, especially if it's financial or something like that, it's hard for them to ask for help. You know, it's really hard to ask for help or to make themselves vulnerable enough to say, you know, I need help. It's true. And go ahead. It's true. And that's a perfect segue. And I, and I just want to say for the record, if, because I'm sure our audience is wondering, because I didn't list the zip codes. It's 33142, 33147, and 33055 yes. are the top three zip codes in Miami-Dade and one in the city of Miami that is vulnerable for at-risk children, child abuse, removal, and we'd like to bring those numbers down to zero. Yes. We'd like yes. to bring those numbers down. But you mentioned getting services. Mm -hmm. For example, there's a lot of food insecurity for families in District 5. Mm -hmm. And for our part, we do farm shares mm -hmm. every week 
we have a farm share to supplement what families are able to do with with the allocation that they have of for course, food. Of and I also fund nonprofit organizations that are feeding our community. Mm -hmm. But as a great segue, you are also the chair of the Little Haiti Revitalization Trust. Yes. Which yes. is one such organization that is charged with getting resources to our community, yes. particularly in the Little Haiti community. What would you like to say about that, your position as chair? Um, it's, a, it's an honor, you know, to be the chair of the Little Haiti Revitalization Trust. Um, the intent of that trust is really to make sure that we stabilize the crisis when it comes to housing, when it comes to um, small businesses, and really getting um, information out to the community and providing funding and resources. You know, um, we just had our um, meeting last night, and um, this will be my one-year anniversary in August since I've been chair on the board. And by September 1st, we will have our first grant application out um, in the community for, for small businesses to be able to um, be provided with funding for either commercial or um, any type of repairs they would need for their um, businesses. Um, our next um, portion that we would like to get out is really to deal with the housing crisis and for first-time home buyers and for rehabilitation programs. So we are definitely setting our mark. You know, we're definitely beyond, you know, um, getting prepared, but we are so excited that our first application is out. And really, it allows us, we were in, in the process of entering into a contract with FIU for needs assessment and a strategic playbook for how we, to make sure we understand how we need to engage the community and leverage the community and the resources that the trust has. So it's really exciting times um, for the trust. We just, um, you know, May was um, Haitian Heritage Month. A lot of events took place, but we are just so excited. And the amount of community constituents that have come out to the meetings, you know, they've, they've given us everything. They've given us the good, the bad, and the ugly. They want to be able to assist us, but I feel that from last year to this year, we've made so much progress with the trust, and I'm just so excited to see where we're going in the future. So. Me too. And that is such a vibrant community. Yes. I am looking forward to continuing my relationship as the commissioner for Little Haiti. Mm -hmm and the chair of the city of Miami. I know you mentioned May was Haitian Heritage Month, yes. and we did a lot of programming yes. for that month. It was a wonderful time. We had health fairs, we had informational sessions, we even had painting with a twist yes. for yes. the community. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. We celebrated Haitian Heritage Month in a big way. I think so, I mean. In, in a big way. A very big way. Just like, just like um, Haitian people would like, <laughs> you know, they love, they love to be, you know, they're very prideful. We are a very prideful um, community, but I mean, it was absolutely great. Um, thank you to the city and um, the county for all of the assistance. But really, truly, I just, I'm so excited to see where we're going. And um, last night at the meeting, one of the um, 
CBOs was able to say that they were able to train, I believe, if I recall, she said 75 to 100 people for resumes so that way they can apply for jobs. And that was with the assistance of the trust and um, the city. So we are just very excited and we love to hear those stories because if we can have a moment of impact with just one family or one constituent, then we've done something right. I agree. I agree. And my next uh, project <laughs> is to bring Miami Carnival back. Wow. Yes. That'd be amazing. It's, it's Miami Carnival in Little Haiti. I think we're ready. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on that, and I'm looking forward. You know, Wyclef and I, we were talking about it, and I've spoken to some stakeholders mm -hmm. in the community. Yeah. And I look forward to to having that come back to our community. I, I think it's a I think it's a perfect opportunity, especially at this point with Miami. I think even with um, the trust, um, with the Little Haiti Trust, and everything that you're doing. Um, for that, com for our community, it, it's absolutely perfect. I know that Carnival hasn't been here for a very long time, and so I think it just, you know, it reinvigorates the community and shows that we're ready to have it back. I agree. I agree. Now, we've come to a sec. Is there anything else you would like to say? Um, I could say so much. <laughs> you should probably say hi to Gabby. Oh, let me say hi to Gabby. Gabby is my daughter. Um, hi, Gabby. Mommy loves you so much. I'm here with your Auntie Christine. <laughs> and if I don't say hi to my mom, that'll probably be a problem, right? right? that would be a problem hi, as mom. well. That would be a problem as well. My mom watches every episode, Aww. and she critiques the episodes as well. Oh, then but I, get, I, I should that. get ready. I should get ready, huh? Uh, she's going to say, oh, Leslie was perfect. <laughs> I have a segment mm -hmm. of this podcast where I ask you a series of questions, and you just have to answer. Okay. It's called the Spitfire. Okay. The first question is... I should have been prepared. I watched all the <laughs> podcasts already. <laughs> Right, you should be I didn't, do, I didn't do my homework, though. Okay, that's best, right. though, because yeah. it's, it's spontaneous. Mm -hmm. What is the most dangerous thing you do? Like every day? <laughs> the most dangerous thing I do? I think just taking risk. I mean, not a certain thing that I do every day, but, oh, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. I can answer it. Oh, for go you. ahead and answer it then. For you though. Yeah. The most dangerous thing you do is keeping children safe. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. But I, I I don't see that as a danger. I see that as a privilege. So that's why Aww. I didn't think of it like that. Really because it's a privilege. It's a privilege to serve the community. I consider myself to be a public servant. So I would have never while, you know, they're at risk children, I wouldn't have equated it to danger. Oh, no, that's a, that, that's a great answer, but that's a great answer. So we have to come back to okay. what's the, the most dangerous, dangerous thing, thing you do. I'm still thinking. Do you have a theme song? A theme song. Of course, it would be a Haitian song. And <laughs> um, it's Are You Ready by a band that's no longer in existence, but it's a band called Kaimi, and it's a theme song, Are You Ready? And that's how that's it, Are You, are you ready? ready? Yeah, but yeah. But they don't say Are You Ready in English, do you? No, the, they? yeah, it's oh, they are do? you ready? Yeah, oh, I'll okay. play it for you. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite book? 
So I've been on this um, leadership challenge um, recently, I'm just trying to look um, inward and see how I can um, professionally grow. And with my team that I have, you know, we've been on this journey for the next level. So I have to say the five dysfunctions of a team. The five dysfunctions, dysfunctions of, of a team. team? Yeah. Well, I should maybe get my team to read that. The five dysfunctions of a team. I love my team. No, I know. I love I my know. team. You have a great team. We are great we are, team. We are family. Yeah. But it, it's, um, it, it really allows you to think kind of outside the box. And because, you know, you're in the hustle of, you know, everyday life and especially in the position in, that you're in. But, you know, taking time to see, you know, is there an area of opportunity? And I never call it like an area, like a weakness. You know, I say area of opportunity because you always have something that you can work on to improve. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. There's always yeah. room for improvement. Definitely. The five areas of... The five <laughs> dysfunctions of a team. The I'll five dysfunctions of a team. team. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to bring you a copy. Please, because maybe I will make that our reading assignment for August, because we're in Your recess. Your team's not going to be happy with me now I'm giving, giving assignments out. <laughs> they won't know. <laughs> they won't know. They'll definitely know. <laughs> okay. If you could have dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would you choose to have dinner with? That's so hard. That's so hard. So I'm going to choose two because I get to. Okay, I'm going to choose two. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to choose two. So um, alive, it has to be like Oprah or Michelle Obama. I mean, who would not want to have dinner with them? Um, just, you know... The impact, the impact that they've made. I didn't um, pick on, them. You didn't pick them? I'm sorry. Okay. I would love to have dinner with them, but I didn't pick them. It's if I had to choose one person, dead or alive. Who would you choose? I chose my grandmother. Well, I was going to say I choose my dad. And she's passed on. Yeah, I was going to choose my dad. But if I, that's why I said I wanted two choices. You can. Alive, you? yes, you can. No, you can. dead or alive. It could be One and or, or the other. It could be and or. You know, this is exactly what we did in law school. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it would no, be your dad? It would be my dad. My dad passed um, two years ago. Just one more. One more dinner. Right. One right. more. Right. Okay. And the last question would be, if you could give your 18-year-old self <laughs> advice, what would you tell yourself? Start now. Don't wait. Start now. Don't wait. You have your whole life to live. Whatever you want to accomplish, start now. Start now. That would be my advice. Start now. That's good advice. And I think <laughs> almost everyone has said the same thing. Like, yeah. do it now or don't be afraid. Yes. You've got this. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, as you, you know, what it is, is if you have that opportunity, you would always try to make sure everything that you went through, you'd have like a playbook at this point. Okay, well, we're going back, we're going to do this, this, and this. But you have to live life in its, um, to its fullest, and you have to live life in the present. You know, you can't think back or have regrets. I just think that, you know, there were maybe missed opportunities, but no regrets. Like, you are going through, and, you know, you and I have had this conversation 
you meet people for purpose at the right time for that right for the reason right and it's the same thing whatever experience that you went through it's for a purpose at the right time at that moment it should have been nothing different sorry nothing different but that you know so i agree i don't have any regrets no. you know i i could have been a little more focused yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if i was I may not be sitting here today. Of course. It could have had a different trajectory. Right. And I think, you know, our life has, we have our destiny, and I think it happened exactly the way it should have happened. And it's happening the way it should happen, so definitely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I look forward to continuing to serve with you. Okay. I'm so excited that you're the chair of the Little Haiti Revitalization Trust. Thank you. And your, your colleagues are amazing. Yeah. There's, Thank you. They're so full of knowledge. Of course, of course. We have a great, we definitely have a great board, you know, um, with all of them. We all bring a different piece to the table, and I think it's, it makes us who we are. But the board is such in a good position to continue the progress um, with the trust. So we're so thankful for the opportunity. Well, thank you. And thank you for being a part of my podcast <laughs> where you can listen on all of the podcasts platforms and you could also watch the podcast on the city of miami's youtube channel thank you again for coming that's it guys that's a wrap for the kingdom podcast where all voices are heard thank, thank you, you.